We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Travelers Championship Picks, Preview, Bets, One and Done, plus a recap of the 2021 U.S. Open. But before we get into all of that, I want to know that you've smashed the like button out there. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network on YouTube and in the comment section, please tell me the guy at the very top of the board that you want to bet this week at TPC River Highlands. You want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings? Easy stuff. Hit the description of the video or podcast, and you'll find the link to the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. $15 to play, three max entry, no rake, thus making it the best tournament on DraftKings. Let's go fill that now. Only 3,000 spots this week, so that will fill very quickly. I'm telling you, very quickly. Probably by Tuesday afternoon, that's going to be full, so you may as well go get your spot right now. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo gets you 20% off. And if you do that right now, get the monthly membership. It'll, you will be taken all the way through the Open Championship, which is probably when you want to be using it for. These major seasons with these giant prize pools, as we'll get to in a second. Viewers and friends of the Pat Mayo Experience had a very good week at the U.S. Open. Not so much me or Jeff. But viewers like you, you had a good week out there, so that's great news. Uh, also, the Pat Mayo Experience is brought to you by X-Golf Colorado, with three locations in Colorado. X-Golf provides the most accurate, fun way to play golf at any time of the day, any time of the year, all inside. Play one of 45 different courses, including Pebble Beach, Oakmont, Kapalua, Bay Hill PGA National, and more because there's 45 of them you can play for fun or in a league or in a tournament or if you just want an awesome place to sit around watch some golf while you're playing pebble beach make your reservation now any day of the week with the most accurate simulators on the market and equipped with a full bar and food options available you never need to wait for the cart person to come around enjoy the new age of watching pros while attempting to beat 
the pros. Book your tea time using the code MAYO, M-A-Y-O, for you morons out there who can't spell, in the comment section at checkout to receive a free hour of golf after you purchase an hour. This offer is only good at participating locations, which include X-Golf Fort Collins, X-Golf DTC, and X-Golf Grand Junction. X-Golf, play, train, entertain. Jeff Feinberg is on the line. Jeff, I had a case of the golf happies for about 45 minutes. I was feeling good. And you know what the critical mistake I made was? Seeing how much money I was going to win. Because it turned out to be zero. I just knew how much money I was going to win, Pat. I just knew. And even sitting there with my dad when Bryce and goddamn stuck it on number eight. Going to a par five, my dad had a sense that somebody had a little more than he normally does on a golfer. Uh, it was great. Like, it was magical. That leaderboard was, was you couldn't ask for anything better. Um, but none of my guys really survived the 13th hole. Like, by the 13th. They all sort of died in some stage of 11 through 13. Maybe all of them uh uh, or died on all of those holes. The only complaint I would have in some way, and this could just be greedy or spoiled, you tell me, Pat, is for where we were at a specific time of the day, like nothing to even do with the winning a bet. The ending was kind of anticlimactic. No. Like for what you thought the ending could be. No, the, the ending was, see, I, I, so I started getting the golf sads because I was ready to hit my exacta. I had Bryson one, Brooks two, Brooks one, Bryson two, and I was feeling pretty good about it. I was like, hey, if Brooks can just post minus four, it feels like he's going to be T2 at worst, which turned out not to be the case. That's what I was feeling at that part of the day, knowing that the back nine was going to play so tough. But I have no feeling that the end was anticlimactic. No, I don't mean when Rom hit the putts. That, I, I sort of mean that it just came down to Rom and Louie. Like you, at some point you thought like this was going to be like crazy. And then it's like, you know, Louie's amazing and he's a prince in his own freaking way. We're like, oh, everyone just sort of like died. Okay, here we are. Like either Louie's going to kill himself or Rom's just going to beat him. And it was kind of A and B and it was magical. And to the point of anticlimactic, I, I, maybe I, I phrased that wrong because we haven't had that in a long time, Pat. Like I was running through the last handful years of majors in my head. And, and again, you're smarter than I, so correct me where I'm wrong. Like none of the past winners had to like hit putts on 17 and 18. They just kind of had to get home and they got home. Uh, what Rom did, uh, you know, it almost had those like Charo vibes, but like of a different level, like someone that just trained the end where no one else kind of even, even was like, let alone the par saves and, and everything in between like running through all the majors i don't remember the last time the guy that won had to hit his putt uh whether it be on 17 or 18 in some regards i feel like molinari that one when he won at carnoustie i don't know if he made like big i just remember his par saving putts on i think it was like 15 and 16 from 10 feet 13 feet the, that 
felt like that to me, what Rom just did. He went out, but yeah. Louis, Louis was doing it too. I thought he was going to save par on 17. Just, it felt like oh. he, after the first five holes, when it felt like he couldn't buy a putt and he was just missing by an inch to the left, inch to the left, just low, low, low every single time. It's like, oh, well, Louis just going to shoot par or he's going to make a mistake or two and that's going to be the end of him. But then he just started making everything like, for the amount of five to seven footers he left himself on some of these longer leg putts, like, it wasn't even close to not going in on the comeback putt. It was just dead center every single time. And he looked like he was relatively stress-free. It's so weird to see him go OB off the tee. Just he's the last guy I would have expected to do it. He's done it more than once. It's now sort of like that other thing that I'll be left with about him. Like of this year, like that's really weird. Louis didn't win again. But he went like OB so much late. Like, yeah, he's so reliable, so smooth. You trust him to just put you in position A, not like position super A, like some of these other guys can get into, but just position A and, and you'll be be fine. But I don't know, man. Rom hitting those putts, like the roars must have rattled him. Being the last guy on the golf course, never an enviable spot. And now instead of he may have had a mindset he can, like, come home, uh, he had to go find it. And, you know, I, I, you know, it sort of happened again. But it was, it was amazing. Like, it was amazing. I wouldn't change anything about it. You kind of, like, like to hit a winner. But three incredibly satisfying major champions this year. And I don't think I think like we all sort of nailed it despite being wrong in the sense that like I just don't want to bet 10 or 11 to one. I'll take my chance with these guys. And, and outside I, of I, Jordan Spieth, they all brought you deep to yeah. a certain extent. Most of them made the turn on Sunday, ready to go win you the tournament. Did Rom win? No. Surprise anybody? No. I do it all again. You want to give me Bryson 1820 next year or Brooks like that people picked? I'll go right back there like I would if there's like an eight point gap between Rom and those guys. We all knew Rom was going to win everything. This is like phase one of it. It's coming. But, you know, it's just I I'm not there where the gap is like six, eight points. But I'm, it, I'm, it's great that it's it's over with. It's done. I had a great weekend. I uh, loved it. Yeah. Uh, and smile. Once I got over the fact that I just wasn't going to win anything at this point, I just really started just enjoying how dominant Rom was on the back nine versus what everyone else was doing. It was just green and regulation, green. And he was doing it all day. He made those birdies at one and two to get out of the gate. Then he gave one back. But on the, like at the very front of the back nine, as soon as he made the turn, it would be like 25 feet for birdie, 17 feet for birdie. He just wasn't making any of them. Then all of a sudden, boom, boom. They're both in. It's exactly what he did at Olympia Fields last year. And when he won at Torrey Pines the first time, he made that big putt on 18. That's how Rom closes tournaments. He just hits those dagger putts on the last two holes. And I, I don't think it can be overstated how smart his shot on 18 was. That I think he knew where he was, thinking like, hey, if I make par here, and I, I don't know if he knew if Louis was in trouble. I guess he wouldn't have been at that point. But like, hey, these closing holes are pretty tough. Whether it be 15, 16, or 17, Louis's probably going to give one back somewhere here i don't need to go make a hero shot right now to try to chip this in for eagle i don't need eagle hell i probably don't even need birdie i need to make a par on 18 just not after getting 17 he could do that right Exa like, exactly a little bit yeah but yeah. but just the the maturity of th saying you know what i'm gonna leave myself 
15 feet for birdie. If I make the putt, I make the putt. If I don't, I tap in for par, and that's where I'm going to put my chips. Because I don't want to have to go at this knowing everything slopes towards the water, slightly miss hit it, and then you're done. Then you are out of the running to be a U.S. Open champion. Now, he made the putt. That was the difference, but he gave himself that chance to do it. He left himself with a makeable putt, one that you know, wasn't likely to go in most of the time, but I guess he was feeling it. But he made sure that there wasn't a big number coming into play. And just, it's funny to watch Rom because so much had been talked about like his emotional state how he has these meltdowns and it severely affects him i think it also swings the other way with him too once he starts getting going i feel like he feeds off that energy and he gets better listen as for the emotional meltdowns he barely has them anymore like he's out of them in like a couple seconds and any and i feel like i was on this show for years being like i think people are so hard on him like for how young he was he admitted that he had a problem and he was working on it. That's all you needed. Once he said that, he had a total free pass. And like every year, he's become exponentially more calm and exponentially more mature, let alone how he handled um, the incident at Memorial. And in this subsequent statement, both right after it and, and in the lead up to the U.S. Open. Now, I'm just blessed. A lot of athletes have had things taken away from them. This has been ridiculous. I'll move on. Like, like, so, yeah, just such a sense of, of growth and maturity. And, and here, it all, it all happened for him. And he's, you know, he acknowledges. Pro- and there was that one moment. I was trying to recall it in my head. And I, I was talking there. It was on Saturday, Pat. He had an ugly three-putt. And the, the, it was from real short. Well, not the, I mean, the comebacker, like the par saver. And he like got you like, oh, oh, like he just muttered to himself for like eight seconds and it was over it and done. And yeah, he kept himself in contention the whole way. And I sort of remember like the first time we laid eyes on him was kind of in our era together near the, well, not, not even near the beginning. And we're like, holy Jesus, this guy like does what DJ does, but he chips and putts like he's 35 years old. Like what's going to happen? Now we're here. Kind of feels like it. And even early in the year, like he's doing everything amazing. But not only is he not hitting like some of those eight to 15 foot putts that he always hits to keep his momentum, to get momentum. He wasn't hitting any of them. And uh, he made a a putter switch at Memorial and God, geez, God, Jesus. And I pray for those poor souls who click the, uh, they'll win their free Epic flash driver from, on Xander and not Rom from Callaway last week if they decide to make the plunge. Well, Xander got himself back. Like, there was a moment I I started looking at the leaderboard because not knowing what was going to happen with Rom because I didn't expect him to go birdie-birdie, but he could have easily bogeyed. Like, some of his saves were just like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's saving this. Like, he could have made more bogeys along the way. Just wayward drives, got himself out of it. Just he kept himself relatively stress-free on the back. But I looked at Xander's like, is Xander two under? Like, can he go like, bird, like if could he do what Rom did and go like birdie, birdie on 17 and 18? And then of course, as soon as Xander figured out that he was in contention, immediately made bogey, which was probably the most predictable yeah. thing of all time. Yeah, uh, it's like, how do you, there's nothing to knock. The guy finished seventh place. I, I got nothing but I had to say he was phenomenal. Like his putter, I guess, let him down. I'm not, I, I'm not here to say he shouldn't have changed putters. I don't know anything. Those guys do what they do. He was a great, he was putting great sort of before the change. 
He thought this could put me over the top. This week, it kind of let him let him down. It was a bold move to make two weeks before a major championship or three weeks, I guess, because Memorial, then we had the, the muck muck and then we were here. Um, yeah, but at a T7, it'll just add to the fuel again for next time. And, you know, he is now alone, like Rom is gone. Uh, he's the standalone best player in the world without a major. You could argue Cantley and him should share that. Um, maybe. I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I guess they would be top two. And maybe. then you could probably throw Hovland in there. But he's so young, you don't even put him in that. You could throw Hovland. And Finau, you, can... you just want to win like anything. So you don't even like want to classify him in something as bold as made best player without a major like you have to like be quantified trophies to you for to enter this kind of conversation i would throw a burger into that burger was very sneaky t7 yeah. amazing i I couldn't wait to talk about it that's in my notes one of the sneakiest of the week a great little tea to green week never made the cut there uh he's ready for big things this was the first major that i didn't bet him pre-tournament so i was like ah, oh. um but yeah Absolutely. And you know, we've spoken about it that I do believe Berger's career resume will probably be very close to those two other guys. So I have no issue putting Daniel Berger in that in that conversation. The sports books don't really care for him nearly as much as A. Um, and B B, I guess, will will get there. But I don't know what else uh Harris English gets to makes 850k for for a great couple putts down the stretch. Well, everyone collapsed, so good for him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. I, as you saw on Twitter, I got a little like snarky or defensive about just like the the, the Tory Pines hate was like relentless. We'll we'll, and, we'll, and, we'll we'll get we'll get to that in a second. I want to give some special shout outs to the viewers out there. Is what I want to do. A lot of, lot of winners. Well, let's start with the tour junkies. I don't know if it was David or if it was Pat. They won 20K. So that's going to work. Congratulations, guys. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> I have a long list here. So I'm just going to give some quick shout outs. Ryan Mori, 750 bucks. Man, I wish my handwriting was better. Tepit Manifesto, $2,250. Uh, Jay Hawk, 11. $100,000. Congratulations. Jay Dustin, $15,000. Brett Kelly, $5,000. Jeff Brandon, $5,000. Tyler Reck, Reek, Reek. Anyway, he is $1,050 richer today. Daniel Richardson, all the way from New Zealand, 9000 American dollar dues. So we're looking pretty good down there. Bones Golf collected a quick 10K. Uh, Robert Record. I, I didn't see the screenshot, but apparently he won a million bucks. So congratulations to him. That would be fucking amazing after he won big like three weeks ago. And here is the one, Jeff. I got a Instagram DM, and I went and checked it out from one of the, one of the longtime viewers in the show. And I'll just read what he wrote me. He said, he sent me the screenshot. He's like, this is a text I got from my buddy. The guy, so he, this co-worker of a friend of his, he got the screenshot. The guy invested um, $125 for the week. He won both millionaire makers. Fuck off. He won $2,044,000. $2, $2,044,600. off of $125. Stevie P. Coming home big when taking home the $10 and $100 millionaire maker. Uh, he played two lineups. 
And only one in the $100. He picked the right one. <laughs> that is the greatest thing I've ever heard. I... Yeah. Thank God. He... It's important to enter the right contest, folks. It's, a, wow. it, it's important to have the winning lineup. It was kind of crazy to see wow. the swings. Cause like there were certain parts of the day I ended up like this losing. Guy, like going to be featured in like, right? Like this guy's like, wow. It's huge. I, I couldn't believe it. I looked at it. I was like, is that a real screenshot? That is a real screenshot. <laughs> he played 125 bucks, won over $2 million. Now he's in like all those end of the year ones too. So shout out Stevie P. Way to go, dude. That's fucking amazing. Like, yeah, congrats. 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 You, you can go, That's awesome. You can go retire at this point. But there was, I was like watching some of my lives. I was not big at certain points. And I was like, is this going to hold? Is this going to hold? Then Brooks went away. Then Bryson went away. Then Rory went away. And I was like, all right, well, this is the end of me at this point. Um, But just this massive like DraftKings swings with that leaderboard. Because there was, you know, when Bryson took the overall lead, it was like, oh, shit, he's minus five. And then he was heading to the par five. It was like, oh, man, he can go separate right now. If he gets up by two, this could be over. And they didn't do it. Also, you said you were watching with your dad yesterday? Uh, yeah, I, I was watching. I had a big thing over here for my father-in-law, my father and my grandfather and like my, my great, my grandmother was over my dad's mom and I was watching it with her big into golf hates Rory. It is the weirdest thing in the world. Just this 84 year old woman just like being mad every time that Rory was on the screen. <laughs> Why? Because uh, it's a little boy compared to the other guys. Like, now, what would bother her about Rory? I asked her. Not- I, I asked her. I was like, "What don't you like about Rory?" Like, I don't like his face. She's from Holland. <laughs> Listen, you. I don't know. You should see some of the texts that I get from my some of my friends. I think like it's because they bet on other people. But yeah, I don't know. Like. I just, I never hear people. Faces can make you not like a guy, I guess. I guess so. She had no real rooting allegiance to anyone, except she thought that Bryson should have been winning because he kept missing every putt by like half an inch. That that was her analysis. (laughs) Yeah, Saturday could have been a bit of a separation where we could have had room for something, but not what happened. I'm dumb enough to like write off what happened with Bryson. Like once he's just whatever yeah I, I once he made the double i don't on the like par care five, like once, once you're not he, once winning he made the double on the par five just he didn't give a shit anymore <laughs> yeah and you know he was trying to make some hero shots and not you know play smart at a certain point and then it all really got got away um and the consortium of people are just like no i'm betting brooks and bryson like you were wrong but you weren't like wrong as far as I'm concerned, kind of like, you know, there's a sucks. You got to win your bet, but like, I don't know. Like that seemed pretty, pretty simple and pretty effective despite losing, you know, the favorite one. What are you going to do? Yeah. All you can really do is ask for your guys with a shot to go win going into the back nine. And they were both there. They both had a chance to win going into the back nine at the U S open. They couldn't come through. Only one guy can win. And once those guys were out of it, it allowed me to root for Rom because I really did want Rom to beat Louis. Not that I have anything particularly against Louis, just I wanted to finally see Rom come through, Rom get the win. Then he started holding his kid, and I was holding my son, who's real little as well. Not quite that little. Although Rom is a giant, so maybe it's just, I think the baby's only like three weeks old or something like that. You know, it was touching. It was nice to see. He seemed, he had a lot of class in a win. Um, and I'm not usually one who really cares about class at all. 
uh, in terms of people winning. I would um, almost rather see him go like full heel and start talking shit to people. Uh, almost like, you know, like Brooks would potentially do if he won, if you just started calling out Bryson. But it was just nice to see, like, it just, it was really nice to see Rom win. Uh, it made me feel good. Yeah, absolutely. I got nothing. Uh, yeah, I, of course. And honestly, he's really been nothing but class for probably close to like three plus years. I mean, like personality, uh, all that other stuff, I think, you know, I think that's so been far in, in the past, even his biggest, like North American mistake. That's thing at the players a few years ago where he didn't take um, his caddy's advice and, you know, he drank it then lost and Rory won. Even that he like was in the process of becoming, you know, he'd be in the process of working on himself then that he had admitted and I thought he took that, like people thought he was angry at that. I thought he like took that exponentially better than uh, he would have even the year before um, that incident. So yeah, I don't know. It's easy to say hyperbole the morning after because all these guys are so good and we agree the competition in the moment is, is incredibly deep. Like there are so many guys and the margins between them are so thin, but I've always kind of felt this guy's a cut above and I, every like four straight year, three straight years, we do that season preview show, Pat. I literally pick him to win player of the year every year. It's like, I don't know who's going to be the best player on the planet this year. John rock. It's going to be tough for him to win because he doesn't have that memorial win. When we look back at the end of the year, it's like John Rob won once. He won. Voters might like quasi sort of give it to him. Like Tim gives it to Hideki, um, <laughs> like not officially. And it'll be hard for him to win. There's a long way to go in that player of the, the year race. And I don't know, like who would even have separated themselves in, in any sort of regard, unless you really want to big up like Stewie sink into some fashion. Cantley, I guess um, Cantley would be the other one. He has two wins too. Yes. Cantley. You're right. He won Zozo and, and recently, um, you know, when speed has just been so consistent and honestly, again, because he is kind of so polarizing and we'd like to talk about him. I thought, you know, from where Jordan started to where he finished, I was on, on a layouts that shouldn't normally work for what we perceive. I thought he had a, had a very strong week himself. And I guess of all the under 20 to one betters, it was Dustin who finished the worst. Well, Bryson finished the worst, I think. Um, yes. I, so, <laughs> I, I don't see it that way in here, but yes, you are right. Well, Dustin's just addicted to making triple bogeys now. He makes at least one every tournament, it seems. Um, like, they, they couldn't get him off TV fast enough on Sunday. Which is a lot for the number one player in the world. Well, now the number two player in the world. Even Justin got into it, but he doubled 10 and he was off TV forever. Yeah, what, where did he even finish? He finished T19. Even. He finished uh, he finished. Oh, he he, he he finished in a tie with Dustin and Reed and Harmon and Spieth and Charles and Sergio. There we go. And Chris Chris Baker, the birdie maker, he was up there as well. Uh, well, it was unfortunate for Spieth because Mackenzie Hughes was stealing all of his putts. So uh, both of them. There's only so many fifty <laughs> foot putts to go around, and this was the week that Mac Hughes was making them and not Spieth. Yeah, and we really should have known like how screwed we were 
as as Paul cut up and you retweeted. Oh, you should, should we run the clip right now? I, I hope that I mean, it sounds like people did it with some of the DraftKings winnings that people had. And I saw some decent ROM tickets out there as well. So if you watch last week's US Open show, you would have heard this. I'll tell you right now, I think Rom's got no shot. He's a write-off. Oh, not God. only are his odds oh, super short, not only is he unbettable at his odds, he's also unbettable in general. The fellow's coming off of COVID-19. Uh, I, I just, I think you are off. If you did that roulette wheel and got him at 80 to 1, sure, then you've got a nice ticket on John Rom. At 10 to 1, you might as well take that money and throw it into the fire because it's just as well spent. We need to start taking this guy more seriously. You're like, okay, he's strictly talking about the fact that, you know, he's the favorite and sort of how we're all looking about this, that you still need to bet the favorite when the other guys might be just as good as him. No, he literally took it beyond odds and said, yeah, if you got an 80 to one pinata pick, like that would be okay. (laughs) But like, you know, like as like he took it unbelievable. We were so screwed. Yeah, he's a genius, I guess, in some screwed up way. He's really pushing the limits of the curse. (laughs) I I thought he was going to, I thought that Bryce, right, because he had tweeted out that Brooks was definitely going to win once they were going to the back nine. And I didn't hate his logic, and people were picking him apart for his logic. I didn't hate it all that much. But then Brooks immediately like has a mel- he three putts that green that Bryson also three putted, Morikawa three putted, uh, the one where if you were on like the high side of the green, you just couldn't stop. Twelve, it, it was just 12. yeah, you gas canned it. Everyone went way past the hole. I think Louis was the only guy to maybe save. Yeah, but Louis was a lot closer yes. on, like he was closer to the hole to begin with, and he still went by like yeah. five feet. Everyone else, well, went by, you like, could have played feet. You could have played 12 like Rory played it instead of how Morikawa and Brooks played it. You're going, going bunk to bunk. That, that's always the we way. We need a horrible go. lie, you know, whatever. You know, it is, it is, um, it is what it, what it is. Do you feel bad for Louis or good for Louis? Not just of yesterday, but like so many second place finishes. I don't know. He seems to take it really well. I feel good for him, but kind of really hope he can get one. Um, I don't even know. I was trying to think, like, who is the wrestling analogy for Louis Pat? Because you got to give a guy that they like. They gave him the title he's, one time. It's very, it for like it's a very clear spin. who he is. He's he's Mick Foley. Yeah, no, I would say Mick Foley is like a higher regard, though, than Louie. No, no, no. Ways. Mick Foley was always like tier two from actual main event. Like there was if always they, there was always the bigger guys than Mick Foley. He was a fan favorite. He was, you know, he did what he did all of the time. Never really had a bad match. He was just always very consistent. You knew what you were going to get. Then you'd have crazy highlights that went along with it. But you know, if they finally put the belt on him. What, he lose it the next day? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm thinking of a guy always used to put someone over, but like was always also in a big spot. Like had Mr. Perfect even won the championship on like a house show for like a month, he could be Louie. Uh, but but perfect never guy. Like to me, he's the best wrestler to never win the champion that 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 championship. So yeah, I guess Mick Foley, but I would think people see Foley like ranked higher in sort of like an all time for the era than people will give Louie ranking. Yeah, potentially so. 
And I, it's funny because it would just take one. Because I started running that through my mind. I was like, Louis going to be a two-time major winner here if he holds on. But it's weird because it never felt, as soon as Rom made the birdie on 18, and I was guilty of it too. And I looked at Twitter and it was exactly the same thing. Everyone was just giving the trophy to Rom, although yeah, Louis was, was still right it was there. Over. But, but it did it feel like it was over. It was. And the pun on 17, I'm not kidding. I think we all kind of had the same reaction watching it live on the angle they showed it to us. Rom didn't move. He stayed in that crouch, which signal light, like he thought this thing was pure. And then the camera kind of moved sideways. And by the time the ball appeared from like the appeared out of the presence of John Rom's body, it was like three feet out and it was as pure as his crouch indicated. What a guy. What a, what a, what a, what a, I mean, you know, wow. Wow. Great. It's over with. He's got his major. He's going to now be the captain. It's always a sliding scale of who is the captain now, uh, you know, but, but it's him of however many golfers you want to include in the group of five or six, but well, are, now are, are, what if it's a group of seven and Guido's one of those guys? Yeah. Listen, I joked on every piece of content I made this week. You're going to hit Guido props that pay out more than the Brom winner. And you did. I mean, I didn't bet it like a, like an outright bet, but that exactly happened. And a lot of people crushed them. It was amazing. I feel bad. Tim knows who he is now. And now Tim has thrown his support behind Guido. Sky thought that was be- Sky thought that was a good thing. Like, hey, more people on the bandwagon. He's like, no, no, no. You don't want this guy on the bandwagon. Trust me. No, I think when you get hit with the curse, you have to take it as like, no, like there's no such thing as curses. This is like a good thing. We'll be okay. You have to kind of put on that face um, publicly at first until like 49% on Guido shoots eight over this week. But hey, I don't know. Call me FOMO. I, I don't want to miss this 110 to 1. Yeah, I, I already bet the 110 to yeah. 1. So I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't care. I'd rather re- be wrong for what I'm going to bet on it than miss that party on Sunday. Yeah, I, I assume everyone in the world is betting on Guido this week. It might be one of the, if Guido wins this week, it might be one of the biggest like golf hits the books will take. And they they won't know where it came from. <laughs> They're like, what? We got hit everywhere. <laughs> what just happened? Were you? I'm surprised the number is where it was today. They made it like automatic. I'm going to hit this. Not like I need to talk to Pat or or like what are even the Guido Guido super hardos saying about this number? Like even how you joked about the Higo, like. It was 33, then it went to 50. Like, maybe it'll be so low, they're keeping us off. Uh, but no, they started huge. And and I know it's, like, not fair to compare because this field is so much stronger than having to beat, like, Ian Poulter. Or I don't even remember who the favorite was at Palmetto, but we didn't care about it. It, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was DJ and It was DJ and I shouldn't say that. But I don't know. If Guido want, if Higo just wanted 50... How the hell can Guido not like, how is that not a fair shake to grab Guido at a hundo? I'm with you. I, I saw the number. I was like, Oh, I thought it, I thought it was going to be 50. And I was, I was probably gonna be like, nah, I don't want to bet that but 110. I can kind of get into it. One of my other favorite parts about Sunday was Mackenzie Hughes. That just delighted me to no end. 
Now I'm starting to feel bad that I dislike the guy so much because I can kind of, I want to root for him. I want it. I just want him to play differently. I think that's, that's what it is. You want him to score differently. Yeah. Score differently. Because he, he was actually playing really well on Sunday and couldn't make a putt. He was just too close to the hole. Then he is just horrible. It has like a 70 foot putt, makes that one. That's not a problem. But then he got stuck in the tree. And then I started to feel bad. And then I was laughing at the same time. Well, Guido found the bombs on Sunday. He stole the bombs. Yeah, Mackenzie Hughes needs to. I mean, he generally, he's like the guy at Blockbuster who has the one copy of the movie that, you know, is somewhat popular, but it's an older movie. They only have the one copy. He rents it out for like the week, but he doesn't bring it back for like three weeks. That's how he is on the long putts. Like if he brings it back, like he might try to go rent it three hours from now, but someone might sneak in there and steal all the long putts. Usually at Spieth, it was Guido, but Guido for the week still didn't putt well. No. During our cut sweater Friday, yeah, he could have been in a much better position Saturday, but a, a T4, I mean, there it is. Anything else on the U.S. Open? You know who I didn't like? The the people that were, like, really upset about the course, which I just I don't understand whatsoever. Maybe it's just not a part of golf I care about. All I care about that is competitive on the course, and I thought it played incredibly tough for a U.S. Open. Like, not for a U.S. Open, but it was an incredibly tough course. Minus six was the winner. I like watching Tory Pines. I, I, there's, just, there's a certain segment of, like, very vocal people who are, like, architecture golf people that seem like the fucking worst people on earth. Uh, yes, I would agree with you on multiple fronts. Not only did I think it played incredibly tough uh, at a lot of times, I, it was also incredibly fair. Like, good shots were incredibly rewarded. You got, like, tap-in birdies. Like, if you hit the shot, you hit it right, you hit those slopes, you were rewarded for great golf shots. You were penalized for not being accurate and missing. So that's, like, as important as anything. It fits the mold of this modern test course setup that the USGA likes to go to. The people that like live and die by golf architecture, like that's their thing. You know, they even goes forward. Like, like that's their longstanding thing. I can respect. No, how, no, dis- hold on. How, no, is, no, no, how, how is that your thing? Pick a better no, thing. It's not okay? my thing. If that's their thing, I don't know. People write books on, on the architecture of golf course. It's like a hyper, hyper niche industry. If that's your thing, then sure. This design is not as good as it should be. Yada, 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 that's fair. My biggest issue, Pat, were these people that never make a golf architecture comment in their life all of a sudden being like Tory Pines haters, golf architecture, like people just bashing this course that gave us um, that dessert. Like, take it what it is. What are they? They're like, they're, it's a U.S. Open. It's going to maybe come back in like 15 to 22 years. Who gives a shit? So like it. They're scheduled to be back in four years. They try to go everywhere. They'll make mistakes. They'll get it right more than they won't. But like this, this out there's outbound hatred for this place bothers me. Yes. Do I just love goddamn San Diego, Carlsbad, La Jolla? Like, yes. So do I just take some of it like as like in some ways personal? I don't know. I'm weird, but I really don't understand why this course takes, takes the heat that it does. Um, 
you know, farmers are always entertaining. This is entertaining. The only thing I will say is you could maybe get me on board with a statement that says, I don't think we should play majors where we go every year. Like I could maybe see that, but like, I don't care. I love this place. And I look forward to when they go back in 2038. I just like that the past two times that we've seen a U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, the favorite has won. That feels like a pretty true test. Yeah, I guess. I mean, some would say that guy would have won anywhere. But yeah, no, I I, I agree. The leaderboard this time was certainly in, indicate, uh, indicative of that. And people uh, like, they're like, I don't know. It's only famous because like if Tiger didn't win there, they would never come back. Like, well, Tiger did win there. And he won in historic fashion, so it gets, like, extra double, triple chocolate bonus points because of it. Like, sorry, that happened. It's Oceanside, and it's one of America's finest cities. It's one of America's finest cities. And you talk to NFL owners, one of the biggest travesties about what happened to the Chargers is they don't get to go back there every five years for goddamn Super Bowls. Because that place is nearly perfect outside of political clusterfuck. Uh, I just found it was strange that people were complaining about the actual golf course and just not the broadcast, which was horrendous. Horrible. I don't understand. And I, I even put this out there that, I mean, when they got the contract over from Fox, it was supposed to be commercial free. So they're double dipping on all of this money to begin with. But then they decide to make like the last hour and a half commercial free. That is not the time to go commercial free when there's no one left on the course. There is plenty of time for commercials when there's six guys left on the course. You show their shot. Then you can go to commercial if you want. You keep them in the little box up there as they walk to their next ball or whatever the hell was going on. We needed commercial free with three hours to go when the leaderboard was jam-packed with 16 guys, 12 of which were like the 12 best players in the world, and I wanted to see all of their shots, and that, that, that just wasn't possible. We weren't thinking this through too well, I don't think. You're 100% right. There was like a moment where it's like, no, I don't give a flying expletive that like Mackenzie Hughes and Russell Henley are at four or five under right now. We should be seeing every single shot. Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, John Rom, Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Colin Morikawa take literally every single shot. If those guys do something great, then filter it in. But we all know how this is going to freaking happen. So do better. And I would have been fine with watching Hughes and Henley into the mix as well. Obviously, those, of course. Were, those were the first two logical drops from the broadcast. And did anyone expect them to play well on Sunday? Anyone? Did they expect to play well? I don't know. But, I mean, if Henley had won, I think Raza would have won all the money this weekend. But, uh, obviously, that did not happen. But it just seemed so logical that, yeah, use your commercial free time there. And it even makes financial sense as well, because you would think that more people watch at the end when the winners are coming home, then you can charge more for those commercials. So I just don't understand it whatsoever. I, yeah, I, I agree with that, that sentiment. The coverage kind of bothered me throughout the, uh, I mean, we go backwards oh, with man. these apps. The, the app was the, it's funny because the app was still better than the PGA championship app and it was horrendous. Like it's worse than like your day week, week to week PGA tour app somehow. Yeah. And the I most, the, b- besides it not being in real time and being way behind, the most tilting thing about that fucking app was 
when you would see your guy on the green and you'd go look to see how long he was from the hole, they'd always give you yards while they were on the green. So it'd be like 15 yards from the hole. But every other app in history has said 15 feet from the hole. It gives it to you in feet if they're on the green. So I kept thinking my guys basically had fucking tap-ins, but no, they're like 45 feet away. It was just... It was, it was just like last week when they kept using Waste Bunker on the PGA app, which is fair, but they just never use that when there are Waste Bunkers. They just put Unknown or OB or not OB, but Unknown Peter. or Sand, whatever it is. But when it says Waste Bunker, I always think that they're in the water because I see the W first. You need to have a modicum of consistency when you do these things. I just, I just don't get how this app can be so bad. Like, they've had time to figure this out. It seems like yeah, it's getting worse. Yeah, let's just say we're going backwards um we're going backwards with the app so that's really concerning (laughs) that's really concerning they're just hire the right people you pay the money you get a product i don't i don't know i mean like i'm not i don't know anything app development doesn't seem like the simplest thing but i think we're so far along in it that it's kind of been not perfected but oh the masters is perfected i don't want to have that conversation but like the capabilities are so much more than what they are, are putting out, which is, which is weird. And they have the ability to get the corporate sponsorships to just make it, make it all work. So I don't, I don't understand. Obviously per usual, if you love golf, you're underserviced by the people who um, are in charge of these things. I didn't watch any of the alternate feeds this week. Uh, I think they were on Peacock. Were they any good? Like, did you watch individual? What's the point of watching them? You saw, you only saw those players take shots on TV anyway. So the feed, like the only, you couldn't go player to player. It was like, here are the, here are the six feet. Here are the two featured groups, which were the exact same groups that they showed on the broadcast. Yeah. Essentially. The only thing I would watch is sometimes they had like just that camera of like 11 through 13. And if a guy I liked or was important to me was through there. Um, or especially on Saturday or Sunday where I like clusters of players in there at the same time. That one I like, if you feel me, kind of. No, I always like those at both at the Masters and the players where, hey, and they used to have the bear trap feed for PGA National where you could just watch 15 through 17. It's a good glimpse to get, A, you can look ahead to see how these holes are going to play. I always find that's that's important to me as a viewer. Maybe that's not important to other people. But I just like to see where the pin locations are, see if a guy misses up top. How does that puck go? If he misses from the bottom, is he a chance for three putts? Like, I always find that stuff super interesting. And I think when it comes to the storytelling part of the broadcast, I think that's a really underserved part. That's would be super easy to do. It's not even to the extent of the stuff that we're asking for. Show everybody. Make it everyone on demand. Let's put that to the side for a second. Something like that, because they're all about telling the story of the round, of the player, of the course. I think that would go a long way to enhancing that story. I agree with everything you just said, but I will have to give NBC credit. credit. By sheer luck, they actually did do this, I felt, yesterday, Pat, because Casey and Spieth were playing together, both playing incredibly great. We did get a lot of um, like 11 through like at least 16 like of those guys. And maybe that was Saturday. That was Saturday. I'm thinking of, uh, but, but I thought I did get an early look at a lot of those holes because those guys were playing playing together. 
Yeah, that was that was on Saturday that happened. Yeah, I, I like the idea of having the make, oh, yes, ma- make it a big name or make it two big names or at least recognizable names to people that are kind of out of it. Make them the runners on the course, and we'll just show every shot of them so we can get a sense of the holes as the guys start coming through forward. That it's not just like, oh, where, where, where's the pin placement on this one? Oh, can he miss to the right there? Is that a bailout area, or is he absolutely fucked? I don't know. I haven't seen where the pin placements and the shots are coming from on this hole, so... I just think that would be a very easy way to go about it. Uh, NBC gets minus points, though, for having Paul Azinger still. Like, fire that oh. guy. Shoot him into the fucking sun. Are you, were you able to watch golf with a hockey game starting? I'm not sure. Like, well, I hate that. At least they didn't cut away for, what was it this week, swimming or gymnastics? I want to say something, but I want to contain myself. You want to contain? Is it that people were like, well, they didn't show the end of the U.S. Women's Open, but they showed the men's? Like, I can't believe they're showing the medal ceremony of the men's and they preempted the women's for this other thing. Like, they have no idea how this works. But it's coming from people that know exactly how it works. You're in a goddamn Charles Schwab commercial, pal. Don't pretend. Don't play stupid. I love the women, too. My LPGA hoodie has been stuck in, in, in some Rochester warehouse shipping, landmark shipping for like three weeks. What the hell's going on? But, but don't. So for, for guys that know so much about golf and content and broadcasting, you really like to play stupid sometimes. That's coming from a guy who is stupid. Just look at his grade nine report card. You want to compare them. I, I was actually stunned they stuck around for the medal ceremony. I thought they were going to switch it. Like, I thought they would get to the end, watch Louie finish, do the quick interview with Rom. Like, I actually went to the bathroom coming back being like, well, uh, it's probably on Golf Channel or it's on Peacock or wherever the hell it is. It, I, it's I, sponsors. I they pay for it. No, Someone's I, paying for it. They're not paying for it for the women. For what? No, no, no. But, but they ran into overtime on this. So I was actually quite surprised that they stuck around. Because like, it's been paid for. But it's it's only paid for to a point, and then once you go past your broadcast window, then it's up to you to stick around on it. That's what they ended up doing. Like they could have. Yeah, that's the broadcast window on your TV grid. They're going to finish their coverage of this event. That the sponsor said, "No, I want this medal ceremony as part of what I'm paying for." Yes, sir. I don't know about that because I think that the, I think that call is NBC's call at that point. Once the tournament is actually sure. concluded. Then beautiful wife, beautiful baby, big, strong man, Father's Day, whatever it is. These guys know exactly what it is, though, is just my point. Yeah, no, it's it, just look at the ratings. That, that's all you really need to figure out. I, I, I didn't even see it, but because what was the women's U.S. Open up against golf wise? It was the Memorial, right? Uh, U.S. Open Golf Memorial. That because that was the wrong weekend. So. That, that, I don't can't, know. that Cantlay was Cantlay and Morikawa were in the playoff, and then the the women's went to a playoff as well, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, sure. Memorial or what would the week before Memorial have been? I don't remember at this point. I think the week before Memorial was Coke Rack. 
Yeah, Coke Rack at Colonial. Even the Coke Rack. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Either way, like I'm betting the Memorial outrated the U.S. Women's Open. I don't know that for a fact, but that would be my hunch on it. Yeah, another great point. So another like like it, whatever. Yeah, just don't play dumb about it. Is what you're saying. I, I get you. Okay. When you like pretend you're the smartest guys in the room on the subject, and then you play dumb about it, whatever. Uh, anything else on the U.S. Open before we move on? No, can't wait for next year's. The profile remains the same. <laughs> yeah, big, big hitting, good players. Just I think the move next year is just almost do the Brooks Bryson thing. Just take two guys from the top, not necessarily Brooks and Bryson but just take two guys from the top who hit it a mile and hope that they make some putts on the back nine on Sunday. Yeah. And try to cash your, your super queeds placings or something. Yeah. Play some top 10s, top 20, something like that. It's time once again for me to tell you all about magic spoon. I've been drinking protein shakes, powder for years, but I finally found a delicious way to get my protein before and after workouts. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving. Magic Spoon is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Magic Spoon rules, and you can build your own box right now. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. It's like I've been telling people for the past four months, just get the fruity Magic Spoon flavor. It is so good that you're really gonna want it. And plus, like, it's good for you. It helps me, like I said, the refueling before and after the gym, now that gyms are back open where I'm at, makes it top notch. So what you do is go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code mayo, that's M-A-Y-O for you morons who can't spell, at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo, then use code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Let's be honest, you're not getting as good a sleep as you need to be. Whether your problem is falling asleep, staying asleep, or just not feeling rested once you wake up, that would be the Pat Mayo category, you're not alone. More than half of Americans report having trouble with getting enough sleep. At Brickhouse Nutrition, our team of on-staff physicians is on a mission to get heads on pillows and would like to introduce Dreams Sleep Aid. By taking science-backed ingredients like melatonin and combining them with natural ingredients from the earth like valerian root and jujube fruit, Dreams is the perfect blend for the perfect sleep. So... Go to BrickHouseSleep.com and get 15% off your first order at checkout with promo code MAYO. Again, promo code MAYO. It's time to sleep like a brick. BrickHouseSleep.com, promo code MAYO. Travelers Championship, one of our most successful tournaments over the years in terms of the betting market this is where we caught a falling dj last year when there was no way dustin johnson could beat brennan todd in the travelers field according to the betting odds and we were able to snag him so that was nice and the field this year at travelers i expected it to be really bad because you know it's the week after the u.s open the british open is four events away now but i started to think through it 
and it actually makes a lot of sense why a lot of guys are playing right now, uh, despite having to come from San Diego all the way up to Hartford, one of the longest flights you can make. Uh, it's probably the longest flight within the continental U.S. that guys are going to make all year long, and you have this stacked field in front of us. But at the same time, I don't think that many of these guys are going to go play the Rocket Mortgage next week, and they're not going to play the John Deere after that. Then it's the British Open. They probably want to get one more competitive event in before they take off, whether it's just to go over and get acclimated overseas, or maybe they're going to play, probably not in the Irish. I mean, I think Rory and Rom are playing in the Irish, but maybe they'll go play the Scottish Open the week before. Like, get over, get overseas, get some Lynx golf in, and try to do your warm-up that way. And this one's just a very logical stopping point, because... You know, no matter where you go, if you go to Florida or Texas or Arizona, wherever you're from, if you go to Hartford, the flight from Hartford to England, you know, you're kind of cutting it up along the way. So that's my theory, except for Brooks, because his brother's in the field. So I assume that was sort of like a, a package deal. Like, hey, Brooks, if you play, we'll give Chase a sponsor's exemption. That would also make sense to me. Uh, yeah, all well thought out, as well as I'm certain, you know, outside of that super nice group that gets to fly uh, private for something to cross the country. Uh, there's a nice charter plane that would have taken uh, anybody in the U.S. open fields uh, like travel. This tournament would arrange that because they want to get those guys. They understand the the, the ask. Um, so, yeah, they're taken care of and and they do those sorts of sorts of things all the time on tour. And yeah, great field. I don't know, a lot of lot of big names. We'll see if we want to play them or uh, or fade them. Well, this is a course. When you look at TPC River Highlands, it's the second shortest on the PGA Tour. It's sixty eight hundred and forty one yards a par seventy. It's one of these courses where any style can win, and these are sort of. And remember, I was telling you a few weeks ago that I have so much more success on shorter courses where it's just more wide open than anything else. Like when you go to the U S open, you have to take bombers. It's going to be a bomber that wins unless something really fluky happens at a course like this. I mean, honest to God, the, the final pairing last year was Dustin Johnson and Brennan Todd. You probably couldn't have two more polar opposite players. And the only reason that Dustin won is because poor, poor Brennan Todd got Anderkirst going into round four and had like the worst round of his year. So I mean, thank God for Tim saving us on that one. But like the Heritage, like Wyndham, like the Sony, like Pebble Beach, it's just one of those tournaments where Ryan Armour can compete along with Dustin Johnson if he has a good wedge in putting week because this is going to turn into a birdie <laughs> fest. Who can make your putts? Who's going to hit your approaches from 130 the closest? It's just one of those weeks. So the board is a bit more open. I like the mid-range this week, but it just strikes me as so odd that the Travelers had set... The Travelers has become a field that is five times stronger than Pebble Beach somehow. Yeah, the scheduling means everything. Um, and you're right. feels like everyone kind of plays from the fairway uh, at an event like this, which sort of normalizes those field. Field, the distance of some of those guys at the very top is neutralized. They're going to play in from, from the same range as uh, the other guys, give or take. Yeah, Someone's going to get yeah. a scorching putter. Yeah, D Dustin's going to have his approaches from 105 yards, and then like I said, like, Ryan Armour is going to have his from 135. It's, you know, they're all wedges to them. <laughs> Whatever the best range is, you can get there. The faves in the field per DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Bryson is the favorite at 12-1. to 1. DJ, the defending champ, 13-1. to 1. Cantlay, 16. Casey and Brooks, both 18. Brooks has the same odds this week as he did last week. Brian Harmon is 20 to 1. 
which I thought was a typo, but it is not. Patrick Reed is 22. Scotty Scheffler, Tim's pick this week, Scotty Scheffler, is 25 to 1. Abe Answer, Tony Finau, both 28 to 1. You know who has my most interest out of all of these guys? Jeffrey? Uh, well, I could tell you the guys at the very top I would like to pass. Um, yeah, if any of these I'm guys, gonna... if any of these top five, six guys beats me, like in, there's no world Brian Harmon can win all he wants at 20 to one. There's no world where I'm betting Brian Harmon at 21 when a 22 to one Patrick Reed exists like that. That's, that's not right. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Reed Scheffler Finau, um, you know, giggle away. Even guys behind Harmon in the, uh, 30s in some placing I, I i'm skipping all the guys in in the 20s uh i could move into the mid mid 20s and beyond is where i'll be starting i feel yeah i think i'm gonna start with answer i've seen him as low as 35 to 1 that's probably a number that i'm gonna bet him at you know he was fifth at the u.s open in strokes gained approach but he only played two rounds he is uh, pete die right or yeah. pete die yeah pete die pete die what yeah it's pete die Pete Dye auto bet. Yeah, I kind of wish it was lower, but he's taking my auto Kisner money every time we go to Pete Dye courses. It's hoping for a little more because the field was so strong. But yeah, mid mid um mid thirties. I don't know how much higher you want me to like name names, but it's sort of guys in that uh, couple guys sort of in and around him that have my attention. It's basically just him. Like I was, I actually gave. I mean, it's funny that we, I, we don't need to talk about belabor the point of why Patrick Cantlay is really good or Dustin's really good. But I think I'm just going to go a bit more down the card on this one. I, I did make the comparison. Like if Reed's 22 and Harmon is 20, how can you bet Harmon? It's not that I'm betting Reed here either. I think I'm going to start my card with answer. I gave a hard look to Finau though, but he's just never played well here. It's weird. Very weird, but that seems like a number that you bet him at the. I mean, listen, I bet him everywhere, but you bet him at Memorial at that number. I want to say two weeks ago, so uh, feel like it could work. Um, I feel like if am I breaking a rule to say like there's some good Neiman numbers out there that are potentially very attractive? Yeah, well, that's a bit lower down. He was the other guy that I was giving the look to, but I do like answer. I haven't bet it yet, but I'll probably bet it at the actually it's, it's now down to 33 to one. So I'll probably bet it at 33 to one. And that's probably where I'll start my card. Just kind of take five guys between 33 and 100. And that might be my week. Yeah, no, I don't I don't blame you answer. Like I said, guys approach. A game he's not going to be marginalized by the distance of of the those guys in the teens this week uh you know i don't know i like to bet guys that never win and he sort of sets up there oh, yeah, and he... then when he loses when he doesn't win people can make fun of me because you know i bet abraham answer he's got no pga tour wins garrick higo showed up and won so whatever this next range, the 30 to 60s, I think is filled with, I don't want to say a lot of value, but guys that I like, at least. Uh, some some losers you can bet on are definitely in this range. Streelman, Neiman, C. Woo! Kim, Pete Dykors, by the way. Matthew Wolf, Keegan Bradley, Burns, English, Cam Smith, Bubba. Henley is in here at 55 to 1. Rose is 55 to 1. Uh, Jason Day, I've seen lower than this. He and Ricky, I've seen both at 50s in spots, but they are both 70 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Not that I, I mean, I actually have far more interest in Ricky than I do in day at this point, but I auto bet Bubba at 55 when it opened this morning. Just hook me in. Were, were people really super stunned that he had a bad weekend at the U S open? Uh, not at all. 
that's he's won. We catch Bubba. Bubba had a nice comeback here for us a couple years ago. He's won here many times. He's won here three times in his career. And this was the third of his three wins two years ago when he when he started cleaning up. This is a big I thought this it's funny that they give so much respect to Brian Harmon, who's had a really good course history here over the years. And they make him 20 to 1. Yet Bubba, who played really well through two rounds at the US Open and constantly plays well at this course and is putting again. He's 50, 55 to one. That just seemed really strange to me. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, you can find, you can mine for some pretty good names in, in, in this range. Um, I had mentioned Neiman is kind of a guy that catches my eye, but there is quite a bit of value. You mentioned Cam Smith, uh, had your, had your attention, but I don't know. I'm always impressed. Bubba made the cut at the U.S. Open. I think that's a win. I think he'll come here feeling pretty good about it. You're a Bubba whisperer, so uh, you could sign me up for something, for something like that this week. Happy place for Bubba. Yeah, happy place for Bubba. You know, uh, the irons have started to fall back a little bit from where they've been, but I just when you get Bubba to a course that he likes, just kind of roll with it. The other one that I bet I see him at 45 to one on DraftKings. I caught him at a 50 earlier today. Charlie Hoffman. It seemed like a big number for Charlie Hoffman for a guy who had a bad weekend at the U. Again, just a guy who had a bad weekend at the U.S. Open, and now Kevin Streelman, who's you know won here in the past, albeit seven years ago. But it just it seemed weird that he got pushed down so far. Like, and I was surprised Harris English was lurking around fifty-two. He was the other guy that I kind of wanted to talk about. Like, should we just believe? Like, he. Yeah, I'm ready. By, by, of- by all accounts, he should have won two weeks ago at the Palmetto. <laughs> Uh, I could in many ways be ready to believe about uh, Harris English. I kind of get like the English number. I saw him the same as Ricky. He just went off in the final group and finished in T3 at the U.S. Open. I mean, that Ricky number is a lot of respect, is it not? Or... The Ricky number that's yeah. at 70, you think is a lot of respect? Oh, sorry. I've seen it like sorry. I've seen it. I've seen it at 50, but I see he's, yeah. he's 70 in some spots as well. Um, no, I, I, listen, Hoffman was incredibly popular, made a lot of sense. His tee to green game has been great. His form has been consistent. We speak week in week out about the type of form player that, that Charlie, you know, has been. So that seems like you have found a nice little pocket here. And as you mentioned, if you get taken down by one of those big boys, then you just you'll you'll, you'll wash it off. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it just I'll, did happen. Yeah, I'll move. I'll I'll be okay with it, and I'll move on to next. We, week. we had such a run of really long shots and middle, like high end, high middle to long shots coming through. That I don't know. Feels like it could be a summer of lost money now as as super favorites come home. I just bet answer while we were talking. I grabbed him at thirty three to one, so that gives me answer Hoffman. Bubba, one, two, three. I think I'm okay with that. I bet Guido, when we get to the long shots, but I could be sold on like one of these other guys from the mid range, whether it be Higo. English, Neiman. Neiman. Who? Neiman. I, I, I think I could take a shot on. I like Neiman. I like English. I don't mind Cam Smith. Uh, Keegan, a local guy, Keegan. Uh, Grio has been playing really, really well. Grio's been playing great, Pat. He, oh, the putter. Well, he had a bad memorial putting, I want to say, but I don't know, man. He's been so solid. I was looking at Grio quickly this morning. 
Yeah, I mean, in I just looked at the modeling right now. Like Grio is eleventh amongst all players in this field, and that's really because he's bad around the greens and bad on par fives. But you look at those. There's seven par fours on this course between four hundred and four hundred and fifty yards. He is the best player in the field on those holes. So I just like him at a spot where you know distance isn't going to be the biggest factor this week, and that's usually a great sign for him. I think players that could be popular. Uh, sort of up here this week, Pat. Um, Redmond, Ortiz. Uh, Ortiz gave so much back last. Gave some of his goodwill back at the U.S. Open. Although he tried to make a run at the cut line, he just couldn't get there. I think he finished a shot short. I like Ortiz, but I, I don't know how many of these guys that I really want to pile up is the thing. Uh, but that—that's who I would be looking at. Where's Kisner? Do you have any thoughts on? Uh... You have any thoughts on Kisner here? He always seems to Pete die quite well. Kisner made the cut at Tory Pines, which like you don't want to read too much into, but I'll give him pretty good props for that. Same with like the way Poulter played, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, uh, let's see. Kisner's played this three times. He's made the cut once. Even though Weird. he even though he came T fifty five at the US Open, he's now dropped strokes on approach in four straight, three of four in terms of driving. Like he just seems out of sorts. Like if he's not putting well, like he's absolute toast and in last place. I honestly can't believe that Streelman number as I'm staring at it looking at the board. All the power to him. He's racking up the awards. As we know, Tim had him in the race for rookie of the year, what, a year ago? And this year, people want to make him like sixth man of the PGA Tour this year. So credit to Streelman racking up trophies, not wins. Streelman, past five starts, 26th, 8th, 20th, 13th, and 15th. That includes two majors, Wells Fargo and Memorial in that stretch, too. He's playing really good golf. He's putting. And we know how hot he can get with the putter in like the course of any one round. Now, I want to run this by you, too. So I went back and thought about some of the guys that have played really well here. Uh, obviously, like Casey and Harmon, they haven't won here, but they play really well. J.B. Holmes has played really well here in the past. Bubba, obviously. Dustin Johnson won last year. Aren't those just all guys that are really good at Riviera? So Max Homa. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, he battled a bit. On the weekend, I don't even remember. Did he make it to the week? I remember in the Friday Cuts show, he was battling. No, he ended up uh, bleeding it all back on the back nine. Yeah, I so... Riviera also points to Tony. Yeah, but we're talking about guys who are going to win the tournament, though. Fair, yeah. Um, So who else is sneaky Riviera in this field? Enlighten me. I, I don't know. I, I was I just kind of throwing that out to you. Um, Varner, Varner and Alonto, maybe. But like Max Homa, seven. Max Scott, yeah, Scott. I think you could throw on that list. Although I haven't seen anything from him. Have you? Um, like I've seen him on TV, <laughs> missing pots. What do you like? Like he didn't even have a bad week last week. Like he was okay. No, not at all. What are what are Scott's odds even? Is he in 60? that? Yeah, it seems really deep for some of the guys. I mean, I just bet Charlie Hoffman at 50 to 1. Adam Scott is coming in at 75 to 1. Probably need to take a deeper look at Adam Scott here. 
Okay. He putted the lights out at, at Tory Pines, despite the fact that every time we saw him, he missed a two-footer. He must have been making some long ones. Okay, I got a player. You're going to, like, shove it up my ass. Oh, let me see if I can guess. There now. is a bit of a, a, Riviera, a late Riviera tie from two years ago. He's probably overpopular most weeks, but he burned people so badly, I want to say, two weeks ago, Pat. Harold Varner the third. Oh, yeah, sure. You can... you. you... No, I'm just saying, wasn't he leading Riviera? Then like hit a a seven uh hand a seventeen handicap shot off the tee, like on the back nine. Yeah, I, I it was on number ten when he was trying to go for the green, just topped it like Molinari did at Pebble Beach. Molinari's sneaky, nice little uh, good for him. Yeah, plays well at Tory Pines. Here, both Molinaris. Yeah. Both and and I want to say Molinari played well both Tory Pines this year. He did, yeah. He was T nine uh, at the Farmers earlier this year. One of his best finishes of the season. Um, Tringali was like the scorching earth guy, and he loved. I'm I, like I just don't bet him, but he's ninety to one now. I, I think I'd rather stick in that seventy range. Like you just kind of hit it, like Scott. Homa, Higo, even Grillo, Grillo. They're all right in there. I feel better with. It's funny that I feel better about someone like Grillo, but I do. Should we? Should we not be looking overlooking Russell Henley here at fifty-five to one, sixty to one, like depending on what his odds come in? Like he had a good week. This is what we did with. Remember, we did this with Shez two years ago. It's like, oh well, you know, Shez had his run at the U.S. Open. No way he continues it. Then he went and dusted everyone at this course. Yeah, no, it's a fair number. He's he's part of a large group of guys, but you, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really look at much of anything this morning other than making sure I was getting a piece of Guido at 100 to 1, 110, because I'm worried people are going to drop it to 60. But I live in this like niche internet bubble, which is way smaller than I think any book is afraid of. Um other than that, like I kind of felt I didn't want any part of the real top. And and this conversation has made it quite clear that there's a great little card you can make from 30 to, to 70. And even if you wanted to start it a little lower, if you got that female vibe or I think Scotty Scheffler is like very much in play. I've seen him as high as 25 to one. But 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 I think you have a, a good thought like strategy here on Monday. Like, no, the 30 to 70, I could pack like. I can make a fun six pack of donuts here. Yeah. Like if you just want to take six guys from that mix, Lonto had a good U S open as well. Like there's just a lot of guys at the back end and where, again, this is a course where I do think Sam Burns is another one that you know, there's a guy who played well at Riviera, not that big of a deal for him. It's just, they're all kind of there and where this course normalizes like the very top end skill of a lot of these top end players that, I don't know. I think I can get behind it. So we'll see where I end up coming in on it. Any bombs besides Guido from 100 to 1 plus? I think it's just going to be Guido for me. Unless someone wants to like sell okay, me. What about sell me on someone. On, what about the Chris Kirk like 110? That That's your guy. Your no, guy. but I don't your know. I, mean, there's, I think there's money to be made here. Didn't he go back to his like T20 form? Didn't he shine again somewhere nice a couple weeks ago? I mean, if he was playing so well, he would have been in the U.S. Open. Listen, there's a nice list of players who didn't make the U.S. Open, but but yeah, of course, if you're sure, um, kind of spotlights really how for how big the U.S. Open field is. It's really there are not really that many spots for these professional golfers. 
well, relatively you, speaking. <laughs> you you got to go either be in the top 50 or go go earn a spot while you're wearing a pair of comfy shorts. Yep. Uh, Taylor Gooch? There's like so many opportunities, this guy. Like, if the putter got hot, I know you could say that about a consortium of players back there, but uh, Gucci, uh, now that I'm scrolling down the list, I, like, the name just pops because you're my friend, Gim Reaper. Oh, yeah, Gim Reaper. He'll probably get my money. And and John Rahm is lucky. Richie Warinsky couldn't make last week's field, but he's here. I'm just looking at it right now. If I only put in, so I, uh, Gooch actually rates out fifth when I, I'm just looking at Riviera only stats. So Gooch is actually inside the top five when I run the numbers. Rose is up there. Does this feel like a course where, is Bryson going to play next week in Detroit again? I am not sure. He dominated Detroit last year, correct? Yeah, him and Wolf. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, also, bet on whoever Wolf is playing with in the final round on Sunday. Two years in a row, his playing partner has been the U.S. Open champion. Good vibes. You know, that's its own great story, Pat. And, like, hearing the Wolf story and hearing people talk about it, my mind just kind of runs through the handful of players who aren't as fortunate as him, who I'm certain are out on tour battling what he's battled or battling, but they're not in positions whether they don't have a, a PGA tour win or second place in us opens uh, sort of money or um, great support from a sponsor to allow him to do what he needs to do uh, to sort of um, feel like they could step away and like miss a T40 paycheck for making a cut or whatever it is. So he's lucky. You know, it's a great story. It shows you got to get yourself healthy I'm sure there's a lot of these players. If I was a pro golfer too, like their happiness is dependent on what that number they write down. And that's like an element. They're all alone. They don't have like teammates to share in the loss with. I mean, you can't blame your coach when you like, or your cat, like, you know, it's all, it's all on, on you in ways that it's not with other sports. And I bet you there's a, a, handful of players who wear what wolf is wearing but can't afford to to step away like he was able to and strong enough to to be honest and admit to it so yeah great thing yeah it, well, it's it's one thing to like it's hard enough to identify the problem to begin with when you're struggling with me mental health issues but being him being a young guy not thinking to himself like hey you know it's no big deal with me i'm just gonna play through it and i'll get better on the other side actually taking the time to go do it and like you said he's been afforded the luxury of going to do that and some guys cannot because they need to make ends meet i mean that's no different than the rest of the world at the same time too uh some people can't step away to take that sort of break but if you can sometimes it's super necessary yeah and great to see him come back and and you know let's see him put a couple starts together and you know sort of going back to the top you've mentioned it like that Brooks Kepka number is pretty much identical to what you could have bet him at to win the U S open. But now we have the narrative, that narrative will always just sort of exist of smaller events. And Brooks sort of plays into it by saying like his focus, uh, you know, doesn't get as, as high, but you know, I'm not sort of talking mentally. It's just great that, you know, last time Brooks had a great major championship, still didn't feel a hundred percent. He had to shut it down for a little bit and miss, miss something. And, I'm just happy to see he's he's ready to stack events. And before I give you a 200 to one bomb, Ooh. 
when you release this show, do you think anyone under 20 to one withdraws? Because it's pretty much happened every time this year. Like you think all of these guys will tee it off? I don't know only because I've seen a bunch of people withdraw it already. And it wasn't any of the top guys. I, I think this is their like commitment for their PGA tour event before the British open. And they're probably just going to go. Yeah. I, I have no faith in Brooks this week. And this might come out. This might be a very cuttable cussed s clip, but it's pretty kind of cut and dry when Brooks wants to show up and when he doesn't. And I really think the only reason he's playing is to get his brother in the field. You're probably like, it's, I'm not arguing it. I will not argue it, but I do not know this. So no, uh, the only other guy I was really looking at besides Guido and I guess Gim, uh, they're both 110 to one. I played Guido already is steel at 150 to one 6,800. He really, or he, yeah, whatever he was, he, 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 really bur- he burned everyone on DraftKings last week. But this, this just seems like a Brennan steel course. Doesn't it? Remember when we hit Russell Knox to win this event? Like, he's sort of like, I mean, he's just as good as Russell Knox. Um, yeah. What about, so, okay. Uh, in the frame of, like, Tita Green Steel, I was going to say uh, 200 to 1 Luke List. Uh, you can have that one. Uh, but more, more, I sort of wanted to run a couple of the fun names that I'm sure will get spoken about this week. Aren't those kids back? Like, Thompson and, and Pack and even uh, the Austin Eckroat is here so i'm sure uh they'll be showing up in some people's placings and such well yes uh, after i bet them both at palmetto and i guess thompson ended up being pretty good uh pack was not good that now that i won't bet them this will be like the matthew wolf situation all over again <laughs> it's just I, I was betting him every week that i stopped and then he ended up winning on the pga tour i was like oh god how did i miss this one but of course i did and it was at an event i went to i was at the 3m that year what are we looking at for ryan armor's odds 250 to one i might play that too oh doug gim is 250 to one on this site in in on 200 i'll i'll take armor and gim 250 to one along with steel at 150 those can be like the fun bombs that i play this week how big is i don't know whether this is a mistake line or they just added rafa but rafa's rafa withdrew no 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 Rafa's in. Rafa withdrew from the German tournament so he could play in this one. I believe that's what it was. Because Guido joined the field, and then I believe that Rafa ended up doing it too. Let's see. Joel Damon is out. Yeah, Grayson Murray, JJ Spawn, and Rafa Cabrera Bayo are all now in the field. Why? What are his odds? I don't know. He's like with the guys that are like 10,000 to one, but he's 150. So either they just added him or they made a mistake, but maybe they just added him because you're saying he just switched over. Yeah. I think, I think he's a, he's a late add into the field. So that's what they're going with. Let's do the quick picks for the travelers championship. I got answer Hoffman and Bubba 33, 50 and 55. I'm making a short list with, might go with Neiman. If not, I'm in that range of Scott, Homa, and Emiliano Grillo, all at like 70 to 80 to 1. They're all just in that little pocket. Then like Steel, I actually did bet Guido at 110 with the each way. Then you got like Gim, Steel, Armor, those type of guys. You can check out the cheat sheet on Wednesday for what I am going to finalize myself with. And I'll have the show that will be up on podcast-wise on the mix, but you can find it on Mayo Media Network on the YouTube channel. Uh, on Wednesday afternoon when I put that out, but I don't know. 
don't have a great feel for the tournament, but I think I, I know the guys that I like and I'll just roll with them. Yeah, no, I, I feel like you could be on to, I mean, listen, it's the wrong strategy if it sort of comes down to guys uh, either ahead or behind, but, but that does seem like an attractive pocket to attach attack, especially the week after a major where we know there does seem to be a little more volatility with the super elites that are here. Um, so I feel like you're on the right path. Uh, answer 33 to one is the number I have. Um, he's the shortest bet I made. We're sort of looking at some of other similar guys in that middle range. I really do like a 40. I'm staring at with Neiman. Uh, I see the opportunity here for him this week. Going farther than that, though, um, it is Grillo, 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 who really does have my attention. Um, and I'm going to bet Grillo. So answer Grillo. And I have made Guido 110 to 1. And you kind of put the finishing touches on me wanting to bet Taylor Gooch this week, who me and a lot of people have been waiting to, to really have a ceiling week. There's been a lot of simmering um, with his stats, with the approaches, with the birdie opportunities. So really do feel like uh, I'm not alone in it, that, a, that, that, that the guy really might simmer soon. And I think this week could be as good as any. So I'll be in on Gooch. Who did you take as your one and done last week? I don't remember. Bryson was feeling great about it. Bryson. Had the lead. Listen, he got the lead turning turning to the 10th at the U.S. Open with the defending champ. Oh, boy. It's okay. We had a, we had a yummy cake from Baskin and Robbins. Oh, I got some. I, I won the week. I had Rory. So that worked out all right for me. So this so week. It's good to, lo to lose money, but there's an occasion in cake. <laughs> so travelers championship one and done picks tim has taken scotty scheffler i'm taking charlie hoffman who are you taking i'm Oops. certain i've used answer i am certain i have used neiman you have used answer you have used neiman yes you are uh, correct on both oh shut tim's taking scheffler yeah did i know that uh, give me grio let's get wild grio might have to join you on that bandwagon. If I if I shortlisted him anyway, and you're going to be on, might as well might as well join you on that. Is Adam Scott like? Was there anything last week that we should really just be jumping on the sixty? Like, not really. Bubba fifty five, Scott sixty. Like, you can make a pretty sweet twenty sixteen betting card, man. Yeah, Charlie it, Hoffman. It's not going to cost you a bunch to do it either. It's funny that Streelman and Harmon are the shortest guys of that age and like team. I know it's it's really it's just really it's bizarre. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. I'll be back with the DraftKings show tomorrow for the final picks and betting card for the week. Subscribe to the newsletter that's in the description. You can also find the listeners' link down there as well. Smash the like button on the way out. Leave a rating and review on the podcast if you want to. Jeff, what do you got going on this week? Oh, it's the week after a major, so I just feel weird. But uh, normal stuff, odds checker content will be out there. As you just heard, I'm just uh, beginning the process of making that final card. It'll be up there on the odds checker stuff I do tomorrow. Jeff Feinberg show Wednesday and Friday, FTN Daily, 10 p.m. Wednesday, 1 p uh, 2 p.m. On, uh, on Friday. 
And uh, yeah, that's about it. Hopefully you can beat Custom Golf this week, Pat. I I beat him on the weekend. We played three oh. we played three warm-up matches. He beat me by one in each of the three of them. We started our money round, and I'm one and oh. I beat him by five on Saturday. Okay, I must have just been in a US open blur. I must have read that tweet tweet wrong. So good. Go get him. Yeah, like I, I went for a fitting this morning, so I bought a new driver this morning. So Oh baby. You're a violent swinger, so you tuned in. Let's go. Tuned up. Uh, as, as long as I can say, save myself from going very, very right, I think I should be okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think the, I think those tune-ups and fittings actually, like, do help. I think so, too, considering I never And had, if you're like, going to play a lot, yeah. like, I don't know, you, could afford, you have a driver for a lot of years. Like, you could afford it. Like, get it done. Get it done right. It's well, good I can, job. I can afford it a lot less because Bryson and Brooks didn't come one, too. Then I could have bought, like, five of them, and that would have been nice. But either way, that will do it for me. Thank you all for watching. Congratulations to everyone out there who won a ton of money. And you know what? Congratulations to all of you who lost a lot of money, too. I'm still proud of you every single day of the week, no matter what you do. Not necessarily true. You could do something horrendous that I would not be proud anymore. But like I said, smash like on the way out, playing the Listener's League, emails and all that shit. You can get it all done. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.